Previously on Rated RPG. Wandering the wastelands of hell, we came across the Demon Zapper. And in the Demon Zapper, which looks like this beetle's mandibles, and a unicorn locked in a big bubble that we couldn't break, and we couldn't break it because there was a Dao elemental creature. Is that the right assessment, Emery? Yeah, it's like an elemental yep. genie, basically. Yeah, she had to protect the Demon Zapper because she was under a contract with Zariel, who is running the show down here in Avernus, and that's the person that's responsible for Elturel, the city being sucked down into hell. Uh, we're trying to save Elturel ultimately. Uh, we want to get the unicorn out of the demon zapper, but we got to get the Dao out of the contract. To get the Dao out of the contract, we got to get some Titan blood uh, for her to drink. Well, we had to find a Titan. In order to find a Titan, we had to talk to a hag, the hag named Red Ruth, who needed a bath because she was all nasty and filthy, but apparently not nasty and filthy enough because she bathes in shit. Well, she told us where to find a Titan, but he wasn't what he used to be. The Titan turned out to be cursed by Tiamat. And in order to get off the, the curse, we got to get the Tiamat blood. And to get the Tiamat blood, we had to go talk to Dragonborn named Archon the Cruel. And Archon the Cruel, played by Joe Manganello, he had the Titan blood around his neck in a vial. We went there and we thought maybe we're gonna have to kill him. But then we changed our minds along the way and we gave him an orb of dragon kind, which maybe was a questionable uh, choice on our behalf. <laughs> we gave him the thing, he gave us the blood, we went back to the Titan, the Titan spilt the blood on the ground, he became a Titan again. And instead of becoming our very good friend an ally, he just ghosted us like a dick. <laughs> but he did give us some Titan blood before he did that, and the Titan blood went back to the Dow. The Dow drank the Titan blood, the Titan blood freed her from a contract. Then she gave us a letter of recommendation so that we could meet Belle, uh, not the Disney princess, no. but Belle is the devil who <laughs> used to run hell, and he got kicked out by uh, Zariel. Also, we freed the un unicorn. Mooncolor is the unicorn's name. We're all out of soul coins, which is what we need to drive our infernal contraptions. So now we got to go find some more soul coins or we're hoofing it. And that's no fun down here in hell. We have a unicorn buddy. Mm -hmm. We have some options. We can go and find Smiler the Defiler. He's at Defiler's hideout. And then uh, we're going to go there and uh, maybe we'll fight some uh, warlords from the wastelands and get their, get their loot. Or we can go just directly go and talk to the the, the guy bell yeah you got some options uh and uh just just want to uh also um I, uh, clarify i didn't say this at the end of the last session i don't think but uh but the directions for how to get to bell's iron fortress is just see that giant volcano over there and you guys look and there's just clearly this massive volcano in the distance god knows how many miles away yeah that's where that's where bell lives that's his uh his fortress is is inside of that volcano so you guys are on a little uh fellowship quest here you gotta gotta walk across hell to get to a volcano and then hopefully with that little letter of recommendation you have bell and his army of devils uh, won't just immediately kill you and torture you forever. Uh, hopefully that letter will will get you in not dead. And like you said, your your overall mission, of course, is to save the city El Terrell, which was dragged down here in Avernus. Uh, and also, uh, one of the things that uh, that your companion Lulu would really like for you guys to do is to somehow, you know, maybe free Zeriel from whatever this corruption is that has caused her to become super evil because Zeriel wasn't always an evil person. She started off as an, as an angel, believe it or not. 
and uh, became the ruler of Avernus. And Lulu doesn't remember how any of that, that stuff happened because her, her mind got wiped somehow. So you guys are are standing around here with, uh, with Mooncolor, uh, your new unicorn friend, who you have essentially... You know, you freed, and she has sort of, like, pledged her life to you. And uh, you got Lulu there. She's flopping around on her big floppy ears. Uh, and you're you're looking at your, uh, your vehicles here. They have only a day or two remaining in their fuel supplies. Uh, and you know that you have to go to that volcano. So, what do you guys do? We should definitely go and get more soul coins. Yeah. yeah. And then we can go make a deal with the devil. Okay. Let's go find... Smiler. Gonna go back to Smiler's hideout and uh, yeah. and, and see if he's got any leads. Okay. Yeah, that guy's all right. Uh, so you guys hop into your uh, demon engines, uh, moon unit, I mean moon color. She just sort of like uh, trots, gallops behind you guys as you tear across the, uh, the plane. And uh, eventually you guys, uh, before the uh, sunsets arrive at uh, the hideout, which is actually just a pile of boulders atop a cliff. Welcome, lizard folk and gnomes, bugbears and barts, <laughs> to Rated RPG, the actual play show slash podcast where we play Dungeons & Dragons, Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. Smiler is uh, sitting on top of a boulder with his massive, massive grin, uh, and he stands up and sort of waves at you. And you guys realize that uh, this area around his boulders is actually like really nice. It's very like pleasant. Uh, you don't feel is the it, sort would of- you say the, Would you say the area around his boulders is well-groomed? Yes, <laughs> it's well-groomed. Oh, that's some <laughs> intensive manscaping. <laughs> Uh, but clearly he's, he's established like a little oasis, uh, in, in the middle of, of Avernus and sort of like entering into it really just brings to your attention how uncomfortable you are like all the time down here, because suddenly that discomfort just like goes away. Uh, he grins and he says, Oh my God, it's you guys. How are you? Yeah, we're all right. We finished a quest that took us, I don't know, four months. Oh, now we got a unicorn to show for it. Check out the unicorn, man. It's called Moon Moonscape Unit. <gasps> Ooh, oh. wow. Oh, great. Well, I was wondering what we would eat for dinner tonight, but I guess that solves that question, right? Okay, how do you guys like your unicorn meat? Grilled? I'm the unicorn. Okay, so it's not for eating then? No. Okay. No way. After no. all we did, you know, I'd rather you eat me than this unicorn after all that work, honestly. Um, Not unless the benefits of eating it um, will save lives. Because <laughs> okay. we got to make up for some, you know, accidental evil we might have caused. Casual oh, no. Evil. Totally unintentional. Casual evil, Incidental. Yeah. Incidental. Incidental. Yeah. But, right. you know, we all feel a certain level of guilt now. Okay. Do, do you want to talk about it with Smiler? I'm a very good listener. Have, uh, actually, uh, any credentials? Yeah. Do you have a diploma? Oh, sure I do. Sure I do. Uh, it's uh, it's just back, you know, on the material plane. I unfortunately I left it at my house. I didn't. I don't bring my diploma with me. But we'll wait. You'll wait. Okay. And your girlfriend goes to another school too. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've never you've never met her. Her name's uh, Aramis. She's a real person, Ooh. I promise. Actually, we're we're coming back. Uh, we're pretty much out of uh, soul coins, and uh, uh, we sure would like to 
you know, throw down on some truly uh, heinous people so that we can maybe get some of our mojo back. Throw down on some truly heinous people. Oh, okay. Uh, well, um, I know a few guys. I would certainly not mind uh, having them be erased from all existence. Sure. You guys you got uh, any, uh, any undead hanging around anywhere you need dealt with? Ooh, undead. Well... <laughs> Uh, I don't think you guys are ready for them, but oh. if you want, uh, he he sort of like pulls out his little uh, uh, his little journal that is just covered in smiley faces, like a lot of smiley face stickers of all different shapes and sizes, uh, and it's very he's colorful. Like, he's like a middle school girl, Dion. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a little notebook? <laughs> yep. Uh, he flips through it and uh, he's like, yes. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I think you guys are ready for uh, for Princeps Kovic and his gang. That's that's probably about on your level. He sort of like sizes you guys up. Yeah, what do you guys think about taking out, oh, I don't know, 10 bearded devils, a, a chain devil, and four barb devils, along with, you know, their motorcycles and tormentors and their demon grinder. You guys think you can handle that? I have no problem with that. Globjag thinks we can do it, so then that means we can. I mean, as what? long as there's space for a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex, I'm in, guys. I wouldn't mind knowing a little bit more about, maybe uh, maybe Smiler can tell us, or Globjag, maybe he knows, maybe I know, hell, uh, more about well, what we're facing here in terms of uh, combat uh, readiness. Um, well, uh, you know, Princeps Kovic is a very powerful, uh, chain devil. Why don't you guys go ahead and roll some knowledge checks to see what you guys know about them. Knowledge. Yeah. Intelligence, history. Um, okay. So, so chain devils. So that would be religion because they're devils. Okay. Oh, (laughs) I got a five. I got two fives. Oh, that is amazing. E. What? What is I also this? got a five. It's crazy. Okay, uh, five. That's not not very good. What about race? Give me a five. I don't know oh, okay. You got a five too. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. Big fives, baby. Big fives. All right. Okay. Well, I got an eleven. So, um, what uh, what do I know about this? Unfortunately, you guys don't know anything about chain devils. Uh, why don't you go and roll for bearded devils and barbed devils as well? All right. We haven't met any of these yet. I feel like you guys have run into bearded devils. I'll, I'll tell you at least some base information, but we'll see if you guys have learned anything else about them sort of in your travels as well. Barbed. I got a 15. Uh, 15? I got a okay. 9. 15 and 9. Eight. 8. Okay. So you guys also met a barbed devil one time before. I feel like it was back when you were still... Was it in the house? Yeah, it was in the, like the basement. Remember that? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. There. So at that time, it was a very difficult fight for you guys. They got a decent amount of hit points. Um, they're immune to fire and poison, like all devils are. Resistant to cold, uh, as well as bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magic weapons that aren't silver. Um, and one of the one of the things that they're that makes them sort of gives them their name is that they're covered in spikes. So if you try to grapple them, or if they are grappling you, uh, they deal a little bit of damage to you every turn. Um, and aside that, they just make you know some attacks with their claws, and they can throw fire. Um, and so you know they, they got a decent chunk of hit points. There's four of them apparently that you guys are going to have to fight here. This is barbed devils. Barbed devils. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bearded devils you also ran into at least one of those before 
they get their name from their hilarious uh, tentacles that grow out of their face that sort of resemble a beard, which are hilarious until they slap you with them because they hurt when they slap you and they can poison you. And while you're poisoned, you can't regain hit points. So those guys are a little bit of a bitch, but you know, they're fairly easy for you, for you guys, fairly low challenge rating. Um, however, he does, he did say uh, that there's 10 of them in this gang. And he, he points out that uh, eight of them are riding on a demon grinder, which is a demon engine that is larger even than your tormentor which is the one that most of you guys ride around in. And uh, the Demon Grinder, you guys have seen one of these once over at Mad Maggie's compound. It's a gargantuan size, so bigger than a T-Rex. Um, yeah, they're, they're called Demon Grinders because they are uh, very good at crushing and grinding things. They have Wrecking Ball. They have this massive like mouth-like contraption on the front of them that can chomp down. Uh, and they, they will literally like eat other demon engines and they can also crush you with their wheels. They're, they're, they're just very, very difficult. So that is one that, you know, you do not want to get close to probably would be a primary target for you guys to disable, um, because it's, it's their, their big hitter, the demon grinder. They're, no problem. Guys. Yeah. The, uh, chain devil, you guys didn't roll high enough about to know any like of their weaknesses or abilities or anything, but he does tell you that. Princeps Kovic, the Chain Devil, is a particularly cruel individual who used to command the Nine Hells 8th Infantry Legion, uh, which was called Terror Incarnate. Unfortunately for them, that legion was crushed on the banks of the River Styx by the demon lord Kochichi. Kochichi? <laughs> it's a word you guys can't really pronounce too well. Uh, but anyways, Princeps Kovic... Uh, you can pronounce it, but we can't, no, though. I, I, I can't even pronounce it. It's not for human <laughs> tongues. Uh, but anyways, so um, blaming his superiors for his defeat, Princeps Kovic gathered the surviving members of their legion and formed the Eighth Remnant, a marauding gang of devils, no longer beholden to the infernal hierarchy. They do what they want. They're cool. But anyways, yeah, so it's basically like a biker gang. They drive around. They have several devil's rides, which are the uh, the bikes. They willingly serve Kovic because they've all earned his trust and, you know, he they he's earned their trust, etc. And the one sort of interesting thing about them is that they refuse to use demon ichor in their vehicles. And they also continually search and scour the the Avernian wastelands looking for soul coins and they will actually spare your life if uh you just give them all of your soul coins they're not interested in killing everybody necessarily will they spare our life if we take all their soul coins only one way to find out club jag <laughs> uh why why does smiler hate them so much well first of all smiler hates them because they're devils and they're evil you know he's a nice guy right he's not an evil guy he just, he wants everybody to be happy and, and smiling all the time. They battled against him and they won and they took all of his shit and they, they ruined his life. When we found him, he was just pissing off of a cliff. He seemed really down about it. And yep. he was just like, you know, kill these guys, help me kill these guys. I'll get my powers yeah, back. Yeah, we helped him take like one of those bases back over. And didn't he have like friends yeah. or something to like? He uh, used to, yeah. Now he's probably going to get some more friends because 
you know, he's he's a bit more powerful now. His boulders are shaved and he's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, he used to run a, a gang called Smilers Defilers, and they were the most powerful uh, of these wasteland gangs. Uh, but then all these other groups sort of ganged up on him, t- killed all of his followers, took all of his war machines. And so now he's trying to rebuild his band. And so that's all he's asking for uh, from you guys is when you defeat them to give him their remaining, like the infernal engines that that uh, they were using. Everyone's always gunning for you when you're the best. Exactly. All right. Well, he uh, he he gives you a little lowdown or a rundown of uh, of what you guys are going to be facing, and he tells you you know that they like to patrol this one specific area, and he sort of takes a look at your meager uh, situation with your fuel, and uh, he smiles and hands you guys two soul coins, one for each wow, vehicle. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow! <laughs> wow! Now. I expect to be repaid. All right, this is a loan. You understand? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, like, man, we already helped you out. Come on. We're we're your buddies. Look at look at our big smiles on our face. Ah, yeah, that's a smile I can trust. Oh, oh, God. What? What's wrong with you, Hamstone? I'm just trying to show you how happy I am. I think I got some hot sand down in my pants. I'm unpleasant down there. Would you like me to fish it out? <laughs> nah, I, I'll get it later. I don't want to. I got my armor, so it takes me a while. <laughs> I'm unpleasant down there. Oh, speaking of armor, almost forgot. Uh, Princeps Kovic, he, uh, he wears a suit of adamantine armor. Yeah. Adamantine plate. You do not want to get anywhere near that. Uh, it'll. It's tough. It's hard stuff. Uh, it protects them from even the most devastating uh, hits. Oh yeah. Uh, you know we're talking about armor, and of course I wear metal armor. And uh, uh, anybody uh, by chance got the spell heat metal? Nope. In our, uh, I used to, but I gave it up for greener pastures, buddy. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Being a devil probably would mean he'd be, uh, you know, less vulnerable to hot uh, fire damage anyway. So maybe that's for the better. That's what I noticed with the other ones. Um, if I remember correctly, some of these guys back in the day, they used to be able to turn invisible. So is it safe to assume uh, that if someone can turn invisible, they can see people who are invisible? So I couldn't just, like, drop onto a car as a T-Rex by surprise if I wanted to do that, allegedly? Well, uh, let's see. So you're asking if something can natively, like, become invisible. Does that mean they can see invisible? It doesn't, actually. It doesn't always. Let's see if you happen to know anything about these devils here. Uh, So you would actually know that bearded devils, as well as barbed devils, cannot see invisible things. Okay. I want to get stupid. Which one of them can fly? Uh, you don't know anything about the chain devil, but uh, you know that the barbed and bearded, neither one of them can fly. All right. So if we come at them from different sides and we make them choose who they go after, maybe uh, maybe one of us can can any can someone drive the one of our demon engines like remotely? Can we do that? Can an artificer make that happen? So you could drive the machine in there, and then we sneak in behind, and you're just operating it remotely. Huh. Mm. That's a fascinating idea. I don't know if I've developed a way to do that, though, unfortunately. L- Lulu's could like, we put- well, I could drive it. 
I think. Yeah, and then you could and then you could fly away <laughs> like Scootamagoot and then get out of there and then <laughs> and then meanwhile we go in behind and we uh we mess up their stuff and then we kill them when they realize they've been had. Okay. All right. Uh yeah, Smiler is like, "Oh, that's that's actually a pretty smart idea." Uh because a couple of their their vehicles are a lot slower. Uh, they have they have three of the motorcycles. Kovix drives one of those, so maybe maybe uh, Lulu could take your Devil's Ride. They'll chase after her, and then you'll just have the other two engines to fight. Hey Lulu, can you go invisible? Um, no, unfortunately, I cannot. Uh, I have greater and regular invisibility, so oh, oh. And, yeah. But that that only that does that works until someone uses an attack action, right? And then you then you're revealed or not? Uh, Greater you could use and still attack, um, but it only lasts for a minute. Regular though will end as soon as you attack or cast a spell. Now I have a, a question about this dumb idea I'm trying to put together. Okay. So since anything I'm carrying or wearing makes me invisible, and you know how I can create items, right? And those items can fly. Could I like? make myself like a magical suit of shenanigans like can I make like you know in uh you know in Beauty and the Beast like that wardrobe lady can I uh -huh. like make that wardrobe lady but put in like some like arm thing so I'm kind of wearing it and then have like hypothetically I fly right and I'm but since I'm turning invisible and I'm wearing it we're both invisible or is that like cheating well know. so th the, the object you create and then animate to make a make it be able to fly is its own creature so you can't you can't uh, wear another creature unless you're I can't wear a person? Unless what? you're Buffalo Bill. Then I would allow it. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. But don't forget, you can cast invisibility in a higher level spell slot and have it affect multiple creatures. Third level invisibility will affect two creatures. That that large vehicle we're dealing with. Does anyone know hypothetically what's the heaviest thing I can turn into on the team, guys? T-Rexes are heavy. But if I was a whale, are whales heavier than T-Rexes? Does anyone have an opinion on that? Oh yeah. They are. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Can you turn uh, into a whale? Okay. <laughs> stats for a whale? It's a beast. I think it's like a CR6. Uh, if you want to look it up, you'll be quicker than me. Okay, yeah, there's a killer whale. I'm excited about this plan. I don't even know what it is yet, but I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. They wouldn't be expecting a whale. <laughs> no one a, is, man. Let's let's take a look at what the average weight of a, an orca is. That's what they are, right? Killer whales or orcas? Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going with an average orca's weight. Uh, males typically range from six to eight meters long, 20 to 26 feet, and weigh in excess of six tons. Oh, wow. So are we just going to, like, drop a whale on top of all these vehicles? Come on, now. You know I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty That would be the best possible thing ever. The... Please tell me we can arrange that. We just have to get him up in the air. I'm, I'm, I'm... And then we'll yeah, have so that's what I'm thinking, T man. T-Rexes weigh five and a half to seven and a half tons. Oh, okay. No, see, wow. Oh, wait, so they're even bigger? A little bit. Oh, there you go. All right, so a T-Rex would be heavier and more damaging, potentially. And you can stay T-Rex and just start <laughs> destroying everything. It's got a flapping around like a magic carp. That's a good point. 
Can you turn into other dinosaurs? Uh, what about like a Brontosaurus? Ooh. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I was just thinking that too. Okay, you can Holy turn shit. into a Brontosaurus. You can. You can do that. Oh my god, yes. And that's heavier than a T-Rex. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, definitely. Br let's say Brontosaurus weight. <laughs> that would be 18 to 25 tons. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. And that's my favorite dinosaur on the low. Okay. 50,000 pounds, according to this. Yeah. My God. Wow. All right, we're dropping a brontosaurus on these fuckers. <laughs> you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bronto time, bitch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is the closest I'll get to being a Power Ranger in this session. Hell yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you that nobody else who's played through this adventure has done anything like this. There's no way. There's no way. Look, I don't know a, a better, sillier way to start this session off than dropping a dinosaur on people's head. <laughs> no yeah. way, man. How much, yeah, well, how much damage is a dinosaur going to take dropping from the sky? Basically, the rule is like, the more distance that the brontosaurus traveled, the more damage that it will do. There is a cap which I guess represents like terminal velocity. You know what I mean? So falling damage, you take a D6 per 10 feet fallen, maximum 20 D6 uh, for terminal velocity. Okay However, that. that's how much damage the brontosaurus would take from the fall. Uh, and then the damage that it would deal to the uh, whatever it fell on, that would be a completely different calculation. But suffice it to say, you don't know exactly how much it will do because you've never done this before. You just realize it would probably be pretty That's effective. True. And uh, you also don't know w like where the cap would be, but it's safe to assume that the terminal velocity, the 200 feet up, that's probably the highest you would want to be because any higher than that's just going to be wasted because you already achieved terminal velocity. Yeah. No, this all works out. So I'm going to make... Because one of my favorite movies is Top Gun, so I'm going to make a plane be my dancing item with a chicken head, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to be the missile that it dropped. So I'm just going to sit in the lower compartment. So that's <laughs> what I'm going to do. Whenever this is about to start, let me know, and then I'm going to sink highway to the danger zone, and we're in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. So how many hit points does, uh, does your dinosaur have, probably? No clue. <laughs> it would be good to know. Because it looks like if you took max damage of 20d6, you're going to get, you know, somewhere in the range of like 60 to 90 points of damage. 60 to 90 oh, damage. Uh, Brontosaurus has 121 hit points. I'm in. Oh, well. All yeah. right. You can easily survive it then. Yeah. Let's freaking go, dinosaur bombs, baby. Well. So I think, I think for uh, something that huge, that like massive, I'm going to double the damage to both it and what it lands on, just because it's so yeah. incredibly huge, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, oh, this going to be so silly. Yeah, so basically, you know, 2d6 per every 10 feet. Um, now, okay. there is also, just, just going to warn you guys, there is a possibility that the pilot of the vehicle could see it coming and steer out of the way. Basically, there is a dexterity saving throw involved. Um, you said you were uh, making it invisible, didn't you? <laughs> if it's yes, invisible, then that would negate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's invisible, yeah. then yeah, Wait, there you go. An invisible brontosaurus is going to fall from the sky on top of these guys. <laughs> this is 
This is the best yes. thing I've ever been a part of. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. This is why you play the game, baby. Yeah, the, the, the invisible thing really brings it to the next level. But the problem, okay, here's the problem. Invisibility is concentration. Polymorph is also concentration. And as far as I know, the only person who can cast those spells are, is race. Is there a way, because like, they're not going to see me coming, right? So technically, if I'm invisible up until I'm ready to drop, can I like turn visible just in time to be on their head? Like, because we're not going to be in combat right away, right? This is kind of a stealth bombing situation. So I don't know how quick the turnover is. <laughs> ah. uh, unfortunately, the so you're not going to be able to cast a spell while you're plummeting. What can our unicorn do again? Oh, the unicorn! Oh, oh. my God. The unicorn. Solves our problem. Yeah, if, <laughs> if it can do that, that solves the issue. All right, so the unicorn once per day can cast teleport. Oh, well, you can just teleport race up above then. Yeah. Yeah. It can magically teleport itself and up to three willing creatures. It can see within five feet of it to a location the unicorn is familiar with up to one mile away. There's no chance of failure either. So as long as the unicorn sees the exact spot, uh, it can it can teleport you there. At will, it can cast detect evil and good, druid craft, pass without trace, pass without trace at will. That's crazy. Uh, once per day, each calm emotions, dispel evil and good and entangle. <gasps> Oh, interesting. Interesting. And then it has a special ability, healing touch three times per day. It can touch people and heal them for 2d8 plus two hit points. It also removes all diseases and neutralizes all poisons. Wow, this thing is handy. Oh, Holy shit, neutralize yes. poisons. It can even take legendary actions. That's crazy. Um, unfortunately, worth, I'm not, worth it. I'm not seeing, seeing any invisibility though, unfortunately. No, nothing about invisibility? No. Does the unicorn fly or no? Speed of 50 feet. Oh no, it doesn't fly. It does not fly. It ain't no Pegasus. No, it is not a Pegasus. Does it just runs. Does the unicorn have to teleport with me or can it just teleport me? Uh, it would teleport you, <laughs> both of you. It says, uh, teleports itself and <laughs> up to three willing <laughs> creatures. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, but it can, it can heal itself. I would, okay, I was just—I don't want to crush the unicorn we just got. That would suck. It would <laughs> fall twenty. Okay, it would fall two hundred feet along with you and take twenty d six damage. It has sixty seven hit points. It would probably survive it. Does well, anyone does anyone have feather fall? <laughs> no, no. I I feel like invisibility it's got to be on the artificer spell list right and don't artificers prepare their spells i got this handy book right here i'll just take a look also with i'm gonna motivational speech before this all starts because this might be the last word i've ever said to you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll need to give a motivational speech to get everybody prepared for this nonsense and yes i can prepare invisibility uh, after a long rest so all right i got the invisibility i will make the brontosaurus invisible uh okay all right so so how do we find these f fuckage is? Yeah, Smiler will, you know, show you sort of the areas that they tend to patrol uh, their territory, if you will. You guys want to be on foot and get them to be disabled, uh, like disable their vehicles rather than do like a chase type of scenario. Uh, um, I'm very, I'm very leery of chases because they involve fire tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> so I would prefer to disable. Yeah, we don't want to chase. That does mean, though, that uh, even if you do disable, you know, their larger vehicle, there's still going to be the tormentor that they have and the the three devils rides. 
So this would this would require you to disable possibly five vehicles before you get them fully all out on foot. Okay, well, here's what we do then. We want to we want to we want to get them in like a canyon or something, right? So then you drop the Bronto. Uh-huh. And it fills up the canyon and there's not a whole lot of like maneuvering room. Yeah. There's only one direction to go because there's a brontosaurus filling up the canyon for the most part. <laughs> I got an idea. Okay. You said that they they don't want to kill they wouldn't kill people, they just want the soul coins, right? So then what if we set them up so that they thought they found a real sweet deal like oh look at this poor whatever trapped in this canyon with his soul coins we're gonna go in and then we can trick them and then we can drop the fucking brontosaurus on their shit and collapse the canyon behind them choke point so they really can't go anywhere Sounds a bit complex. I still like the simplicity of just dropping a brontosaurus on him, but this works. That's an interesting idea that you have, Jason. Basically, you're trying to set up some way to get them out of their vehicles uh, by by tricking them, right? We don't want them to surround us. Uh-huh. And where would a person go if, they're, if their demon engine broke down, but they have all these soul coins, they're working on their demon engine. So having like Bobby out with his wrench fucking around with his demon engine in this canyon maybe to bobby and, and uh hamstone whereas race and glubjeg are up on the top of the canyon where they can jump and drop down or shoot and then and then we can just be like hey the thing broke down oh we got all these soul coins but they don't do us no good can you guys help us call us a tow truck <laughs> or something and then they'll be like no give us your soul coins and they'll be like, oh, geez, oh, no, oh. <laughs> it's the classic scam. It's like, oh, our car broke down scam. Except instead of them getting out of their vehicles to help you, they get out of their vehicles to rob you. But then yeah. you drop a brontosaurus on them. <laughs> yep. That's a classic. Uh, invisibility. Do you have to concentrate the whole time that somebody's invisible? Or yes. uh, if I'm the bait, but I'm also having to cast invisibility. That's going to complicate things. I will be the bait and I will cast haste on you. So you'll get bonuses on your dexterity saving throws and a plus one to your AC. Uh, your concentration checks will be somewhat protected that way. Yeah, okay, so, so... the unicorn teleports him up in the air. Yeah. You turn him invisible and then he turns into a brontosaurus. Well, then the unicorn also teleports up in the air with him. That's the only kicker. Wait. And it can only teleport once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The unicorn can't, like, teleport away again, unfortunately. No, it'll, it'll okay. fall. Otherwise, it'll take 20d6 damage and likely be knocked yeah. unconscious. I but, thought you said it was going to take, like, 40d6 damage now. No, only... So the Brontosaurus uh, will take 40d6, and whatever it lands on will take 40d6. But that's because it's so insanely huge. Uh, but the yeah. the unicorn will only so, take 20d6. But somehow Dion's going to... I mean, somehow race is going to live... So, yeah. so oh, the bro- the brontosaurus has a lot of hit points. It might survive the fall, even if it doesn't. Any extra damage above its hit points will go to race's form. So unless okay. race roll, unless we roll insanely high on the forty d six, he will probably survive. In fact, let's just test it out. Let's test out. Yeah, 40 I already D6. rolled twenty. Try a forty d six because I'm not sure you guys realize what you're talking about here. All right, forty d six. Let's just take that roll. 147 so damage. Okay. And the Bronto has... 120, I believe. And you would just say you would take like 20 damage. Yeah. And I got yeah. 48 HP. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. No, I'm just uh, making sure you're going to be safe when we do this, you know? You know, this is dangerous. <laughs> Safety first. Yeah. 
<laughs> the, gor- the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade. Zero days since last incident. <laughs> that's, that's our motto. That's our secondary motto after peeing the mouth of evil. All right, Does last. anybody have the surround and bubble wrap spell? <laughs> Not anymore. So Mo- oh, Mooncaller oh, is good. like, what What exactly is the plan involving me? I'm going to teleport Race, but Race is going to be an invisible brontosaurus. Yeah, and then you're going to fall to your death. And then I'm going to fall to my death. Okay. Probably. Well, I mean, <laughs> I did pledge my life to you guys for saving me. Yeah, I'm a replacement guy. The other guy that was in my spot died. So, I mean, <laughs> these guys, uh, it's a dangerous life. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, I would really appreciate it if you guys could do anything, everything in your power to make sure I don't die. Okay. I, I think I have a way for you not to die. I'm okay. gonna make. Um, if moon color, are they huge or like size wise? Uh, large size. Are they? Oh, that's perfect. I am going to make a giant chicken platform that flies up. Right. The okay. moon color is gonna teleport me on top of that. I'm invisible. She doesn't have to fall to her death because she can sit on top of my makeshift thing and then Chicken I jump platform. off. Okay. All yeah, right. Genius. So, okay, cool. So so then the only things that would be visible would be uh, just a, a unicorn standing on a floating platform 200 feet in the sky, which would be yeah. very <laughs> difficult to notice. And then you're going <laughs> to jump off the platform right as you cast Polymorph yeah. and then plummet. Yes. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Why Why not? My signal is going to be I'll go from the back of the car uh, around to the front of the car where the Bobby's like tweaking the engine. And when I do that, I'm going to cast on him and then you jump off. What about the unicorn? Like, it's going to be on this platform, but, you know, God forbid something happens to race, then does the platform just disappear? <laughs> No, no, it, it does what it wants for an hour, so they'll be able to float back down to the ground for an hour. Ah, perfect. It's actually that. an animated but... creature. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. So I guess the first thing that happens is race uh, animates a uh, or creates an object. So you use like one of your spell, uh, one of your oh. once per day abilities or whatever. You create a yep. platform. Uh, then you animate it, and which is enough for uh, for a unicorn to to get onto. And then you can ride on the unicorn's back, obviously. <laughs> So mm-hmm. this uh f- this platform begins to sort of like float up into the air and 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 Mooncolor sort of steps onto it hesitantly and says <laughs> I'll, I'll teleport us like right up there right two hundred feet up yeah. above that spot okay stop looking so nervous we just rescued you <laughs> you know what I got this so first we need to motivate ourselves guys all right everyone huddle in okay <clears throat> now I know we lost Coslo to unfortunate circumstance. And I know this seems dumb, but you must remember this, fellas. The Phoenix lives forever. Maybe I die in a dumb brontosaurus accident. Maybe we lose a unicorn. Maybe this works out great. We can always look at the negative, but we don't piss into the mouths of negativity. We piss into the mouths of evil. Are we ready, fellas? Ready. Yeah, Yeah, we're ready. Yeah, yeah, here it is. Let's do this. Yeah, bravo. Bitch, let's go up 200 feet in the air and let's get sexy. (laughs) 
Awesome. We are in the presence of greatness. So that was motivational speech. So that gives a bunch of like uh, bonuses to all you guys that heard it. Everyone gets five hit points. Uh, everyone gets advantage on wisdom saving throws. And if you're attacked on your next attack, you get advantage. Oh. So that oh, means uh, Mooncolor has a, a little bit better chance of surviving. Yeah. <laughs> five extra hit points. Hit points. Yeah. 72 hit points now. That's pretty good. Thank you. You guys have all your, your, your plans laid out. You see the, um, the convoy rumbling uh, down the canyon towards you, uh, and you you realize it's time to spring into action. So, Dababi, you cast Invisibility on Race, uh, who hops on top of Mooncolor, uh, who is riding on a flying platform, uh, and then Mooncolor casts Teleport on herself, Race, and the platform. So now you guys are 200 feet up in the air, and Dababi is concentrating on invisibility. Anybody else doing anything in this prep phase before they arrive? I'm getting ready to cast Haste when I go around to the front of the car to talk to Dababi. But in the meantime, I'm just sitting on the back of the car with my chunky little legs dangling down, uh -huh. and I'm just sitting there with, with my glaive on my lap, waiting for these fools to come and press us for some soul points. Okay. I'm going to cast protection from poison on myself. Okay. Protection from poison. And... Not very exciting, Brad, but like, yeah, good job. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> also, our unicorn can cure poison, so I'm just going to pray they live long enough to do that. But, uh... I, I was just looking for a spell that I didn't have to concentrate on. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's actually smart because those bearded devils uh, can poison yeah. you. All right, so I have race and moon color in position. You said you're going to be, like, on the Tormentor. Where are Dababi and Glubjay going to be in relationship to the Tormentor? I'm going to sneak up here. Okay, so you're going to be hiding up in the yeah. uh, the cliffs. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Go ahead and make a stealth check. It's 13. Kind of a not great roll then, huh? As you sort of like climb into position with your amazing like ranger spider climby skills, uh, you, you get set up in a spot that like you think is going to have a really good angle at like targeting everybody. And you sort of chose this spot in favor of some spots that would have granted you a little bit more cover uh, because you, you just like the uh, the line of sight that you have from up here. And unfortunately, yeah. it means that some of your like fuzzy limbs are sort of sticking out. Just going to take a look at all their passive perceptions to see if any of them spot you, which I won't tell you now if they do. So Glubjeg's hiding. Reginald is chilling on the broken down Tormentor. And Dababi is feigning uh, fixing it. Got the mm -hmm. hood popped open. You got your wrench. You're looking in it. Everyone is in position. Lulu is just kind of hiding probably next to Reginald, I would think. Does Lulu have anything that she could use for as a backup for like, you know, if, you know, something went wrong with the on the platform or something? She's giving an anti-magic aura, which is actually going to protect you guys theoretically. Other than that, she can't really do much else. If she was in her like true form, she would have some cool abilities, but unfortunately, she's still weakened. She's actually kind of a badass. <laughs> by by the end of this adventure, you'll realize how fucking awesome she could have been this whole time. <laughs> You'll be like, why? Oh, uh, we're used to it now. Our Titan friends walk away and <laughs> I know. Dao disappears. All our friends that become more famous than us, they always give us a buck out of their blood and then leave. <laughs> we're always the Pete Mask, never the Ringo. All right, so uh, the convoy 
uh, rolls up, and uh, as soon as like they get uh, close enough to you that they can tell uh, what is going on, they begin to sort of slow down uh, and end up uh, coming to a stop in roughly these positions, except for the motorcycles, the Devil's Rides, who um, sort of unfortunately uh, do things a little bit different than you were expecting. They move uh, to sort of circle around you guys. Um, actually, this one will stay in the front because this one is being uh, is the one that Princeps Kovix is riding in. So these guys, uh, you see that these there are two more uh, with bearded devils on them. They sort of get around behind you. And uh, Princeps Kovix steps off of the Devil's Ride uh, and, and uh, approaches you guys. Um, uh, hey, we don't want no trouble. Leave us be, our ride broke down. <laughs> uh, the creature uh, is coming towards you, and it's uh, it's a humanoid uh, uh, form. A lot more humanoid, actually, than most of the devils that you've encountered, except uh, this one is, co is just covered in chains. There's chains even wrapped around his face, um, and many of these chains end in, like, curved, like, meat hook type of... Uh, hooks and uh he's also wearing a suit of black plate armor covered in all sorts of like uh evil iconography skulls chains all that kind of stuff and, and you can just tell by looking at it that the craftsmanship of it is immaculate this is some insanely cool armor that you start getting a little bit jealous of looking down at your your plate armor and he gets off of his bike and uh starts chuckling as he walks towards you <laughs> Uh, looks like uh, our luck has finally turned around, boys. He looks back at uh, the other two stopped vehicles. Is your plan to talk to him for a bit, or are you going to immediately enact the uh, the brontosaurus bomb? My cue for the brontosaurus bomb was me going around to the front of the thing and casting haste onto Bobby. So Race is uh, looking to watch you go in front of the vehicle. That's pretty much the only thing he'd be able to see, because he wouldn't be able to tell if you're casting a spell from 250 right, feet away. Right. Alright, so he chuckles and he walks towards you. Give we me all your soul trouble. coins, bitch. I, look, I know we're outnumbered here. Uh, let me... Uh, yeah, I'll give you what we got. I, I gotta talk to my buddy. Okay, you'll let us live if we give it a soul coins? Yeah, sure. We'll let you live. All right, give me a minute. We got to get him. Uh, you hear from uh, the Tormentor, one of the devils uh, riding on it, one of the barb devils, uh, shouts something in Infernal. Uh, what did I need he say? Oh, yeah, you understand Infernal. Uh, he says, mm -hmm. boss. So do I. Boss, there's someone in the cliffs. I shout back in Infernal. Yeah, that's my friend up there. You think we're stupid? He's keeping an eye on us down here, but I know we're outnumbered. No way. He waves. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, Kovic uh, turns and uh, looks over and acknowledges Glubjag and then uh, turns back in you and says, Cough him up, quick. All right, hold your damn chains on, you silly goose. <laughs> and I go down to Dababi. I put my hand on his back. All right, whore be praised. I infest you with the gift of haste. All right, so that is you. In there I'm, I'm not a big, uh, too excited about, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> That's the signal, I don't right? Know if I want to be infested by yep. horror, but okay. <laughs> that was just, I see That's that he did signal. that, and I just, I do a beautiful 10 out of 10 at the Olympic swan dive right off the fucking platform, 
the whole time on the highway to Brontosaurus, bitch, and then it's going to crush just the demon grinder. That's where most of its bulk is going to land. Uh, right on top of that thing. Brontosaurus. Oh, I actually do have Featherful. I just realized. <laughs> I thought someone did. One of these days, Aaron might eventually learn how to play his character. Maybe. <laughs> I'll find this way. Oh, I know how to play the important bits <laughs> like shrinking large vehicles into nothing hey, um, even if you don't destroy it you'll be sitting on top of it <laughs> this is this is how we're going to do this you guys are getting a surprise round yeah so everyone is surprised except for race and i will say hamstone because you were the guys who were doing proactive things. Everyone else was sort of waiting to see something happen. So Hamstone and Race, essentially, you guys are are activating this. So everyone is surprised, and you guys aren't. So then Wait, we're going why to... why am I surprised? Because he touched me, and I know that's the signal. Because you weren't... You didn't have anything that you were ready to do once that happened. You know what I mean? Uh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I had you, something. I just didn't mention it. Oh, uh, what were you gonna do? <laughs> I was gonna ethereal step into uh, the uh, tormentor, their tormentor. Oh, okay. You were going to. I was hoping. I was okay. hoping that you were gonna ethereal step into a slim gym, Brad. Dig it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go and roll initiative for everyone, please. Oh, nice initiative, Brad. Twenty-two point one six. Yeah. Oh, I just hit it. What it give me? What it give me? What it give me? A twelve. Twelve. Yay! A twelve. I have uh, advantage or something because of because uh, of uh, haste. You get your speed is doubled. You gain a plus two bonus to your AC. You have advantage on dexterity saving throws, and you gain an additional action each of your turns. That action can only be used to take the attack action. Dash, disengage, hide, or use an object. Uh, unfortunately, when the spell ends, I should have told you this. When the spell ends, you can't move or take actions until after your next turn because you're going to be really tired. <laughs> Let's not think about that. Uh, that's, that's a future okay. to Bobby problem. Hey. Yeah. Maybe I won't go after the main guy then after all. <laughs> oh, no, you go right after him. You go after him while you got the, yeah. while you got the magic. Give him a, yeah. a one for. I don't know what I'm going to do to him. You can't do damage to him, right? Oh, you, yeah, you can. You can damage the fuck out of that guy. I thought his armor was... Yeah, but you, maybe like critical hits won't be critical hits. But you gotta, you, we got to do something. You can still damage him. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's not Go impervious to, to damage. Okay. Go tune his ass up with your magic wrench, man. All right, then. If you insist. So, Glubjag, your plan was once... Uh, once you saw Hamstone go over and cast haste, you were going to do your thing. So you are up first. First, I'm going to cast haste on myself. Okay. All right. So in your turn, you cast haste on yourself. Yeah. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna move maybe to a full concealment place, like around here. Okay. So you try to uh, pick a new hiding spot. Yeah. Okay. Die behind some more rocks, and then uh, I think you have like a bonus action left. My special ability to ethereal step is a bonus action. Is it? Yes. Okay. It just means that you become ethereal. You can move using nor your normal movement. However, uh, all of your 
Every foot of movement costs two, so your movement is halved, basically. But you have haste, so your ha yeah. your movement's doubled. So you can move your normal movement speed. Yeah, basically. so I will... I'm going to try to jump into this. And so you're, you're basically going to try to take up, like, one of the seats or something on it? Yeah, like the driver's seat. Well, there's a guy in the driver's seat already. <laughs> yeah, I'll get, uh, I want to get next to him and attack him next round. I see, I see. Okay. So it has a creature capacity... Okay, so it, it has it's already at capacity. It can only have four it has four seats. And there's a okay. uh, a devil in every seat. However, you can be standing atop it. Stand like right behind the driver so I I can you know get around his full cover. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Okay. Sure. Sounds good. Instead of hiding, you cast haste on yourself and then sort of jump out like into the air and become ethereal. So you actually disappear for a moment. And so you're no longer like falling. You're more like swimming through the ethereal plane. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you guys don't really see anything. You just see him jump, become invisible. And then suddenly he becomes visible again. And he's standing on the tormentor with his bow like pointed directly at the driver. And right after that, Princeps Kovix uh, is surprised. He kind of turns around and is like, wait, what's happening? It gets a hamstone. You uh, have just cast haste. What do you do? Can you attack someone on a devil's ride? Yes. They're not protected. So I am going to attack him with my glaive. Let's get it, Darlene. All right. Uh, so we got a 15 to hit, looks like. That'll be uh, yep. beat his AC. Let me just make sure that he doesn't have cover from the okay. Devil's Ride. Many of these vehicles do grant cover, but... Okay, grants half cover. Half cover is plus two. So plus two AC. Your 15 hits him on the nose. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. All right, so that does five slashing. Okay. And then I'll do a level two Divine Smite on him. Oh. So I'm burning a level two spell slot. Feisty. Whew. For 3d8, that's 14 Radiant. All right. Ouch. That is attack number one of two. Next attack is on the same guy. Darlene! Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> oh, a hit. Oh, nice. If he's not dead, I'm going to hit him with a Divine Smite on a level one. He's not dead. He's not quite dead. All right, another he's got eight, eight more dead. radiant damage. Uh, yeah, he's still alive. He's still kicking. Okay, and then that second hit, I'm going to use my bonus action for a polearm bonus uh, to whack him with the back end of it. Okay. Yeah, give him, whack him, whack him with, Ooh, do, use your right, pole arm. Bonus. It's not a hit. It's not a hit because I rolled a one. Not a hit. Clean breaks in half. Hey, don't you have lucky the body? Yes. Or something that would make him re-roll a one? Would you like a re-roll? No, you no. you can't use I mean, lucky no. to give other people re-rolls. Race yeah. can. And it's just, it's, it's fine. Yeah, you're too far away. <laughs> you're far too far away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then I'm going to go back 5, 10. All right. That means he gets an attack of opportunity on me, but I'm willing to take it. All right. You like you like to take it? Okay. He's I'll got, take it. He's got, a, he's got a glaive. I guess I'll attack with a glaive. Uh, 15. That's a no. That's a no. Okay. The... I got a 19 for AC. You got to know that. Ouch. It's not likely to hit. All right. Here's the real stuff. Now the real things begin to happen. So, uh, Race has turned himself into a Brontosaurus, an invisible one, who then plummets down to the ground, uh, landing directly atop the not-moving demon grinder. We're going to need to roll 4d6 twice. One of them for Race, and the other one for the demon grinder. Okay, before we do that, can uh -huh. you describe in the best possible detail that you can imagine the 
what this looks like or doesn't look like. Well, I, I, I was gonna I was gonna do the rolls first. That way, I know exactly what what then happens. Then you'll describe it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So need four d six. Uh, forty. D six. Forty. Fourteen. Forty. Yeah. Shit. You might as well do that for me, somebody. Whoever okay. got the most luck. Let Brad do it. He did good last yeah, time. Brad. I rolled low for you before. All right. Before rolling, declare, is this going to be to the Brontosaurus or to the Demon Grinder? Ooh. Which, which should it be, everyone? <laughs> this is for the Demon Grinder. Okay. Come on, big fella. <laughs> Ooh. Kind of a low roll for the Demon Grinder. Uh, all right. Now roll the one for race. Uh-oh. I knew you should have rolled race first. Wait, yeah, no. I know. That would have been like exact hit points of his. Ouch. <laughs> okay. Wish they'd been reversed. All right. So uh, the Brontosaurus is, looks like. 127. 127. Okay. And then, oh, can you roll 20d6 for moon color as well? Yes. No, no, she's floating. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, they, she's floating. She's fine. Never mind. Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? I, I was, I was still. Everybody's trying to and... kill our unicorn. <laughs> so Mom. 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 Okay. <laughs> so this is what happens. Uh, because you don't lose invisibility when you take damage, race is invisible through the entire event. So what happens is you guys just hear a sound and you kind of turn and look up, you see there's some like, sort of like cloud-like formations, like like blood mist that uh, sort of makes up some of the clouds that you see around here. And those bloody clouds just like explode outwards and a sort of like comet that has no substance whatsoever, but is just covered in blood crashes down on top of this demon grinder, which uh, is this hulking massive Thing. It's like, it's like this, it's like bigger than three monster trucks, like slammed on top of each other. It itself is a huge, huge vehicle. And the top of it just buckles underneath this, this comet of blood, which by the way, now there's just this layer of blood that just is everywhere around it. 127 damage deals well more than half of this thing's total health uh, in damage and kills everyone inside of it as they're all crushed <laughs> beneath the twisted metal remains of this vehicle. Uh, and then lying in the center of this crater uh, that is this vehicle <laughs> is a blood-covered, invisible <laughs> halfling who is, what are you at? Like, half dead Eight. now? <laughs> 18 points of damage. Take 18 points of damage? Okay. Yeah, so you're actually doing okay. You're at 35 hit points. You're fine. And you're still invisible. And so you're they didn't, invisible. They didn't even know you're oh there. Oh my god. <laughs> Flawless. Yes! Oh man. Oh, it's T-Rex time, baby. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was a nice one. And that vehicle is uh, inoperable now? Uh, so the vehicle is actually still capable of doing things. It took 127 damage, so it still has some health left. So. Brad, you still have to roll the the 20d6 for moon. Oh no! No! God damn it! Stop trying to kill our unicorn! Let the unicorn live! Got that covered. I was so hell bent on seeing a unicorn fall from the sky. <laughs> 
like, oh, I couldn't let go of it. I thought that was the an integral part of the plan. Uh, but we are going to need to roll some, like, critical damage to the demon grinder. Because it took a ton of damage in one hit. Uh, which mm. means that it suffers some problems. Race took 18 points of damage, you guys. He is not that badly injured. Yeah. He, I'm, I'm, I'm taking worse. You dealt 127 damage and killed eight devils all at once. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's something that none of us will ever be able to say. <laughs> Gravity uh, still works in hell. They would have got reflex saves or dexterity saves to for half damage, but you did so much damage that even if they had passed their saves, they would be dead anyways. <laughs> so didn't even bother rolling it. Go ahead and somebody roll a d20, please. In fact, why don't you roll uh, four d20s? We're going to have four mishaps happen because of the massive damage right. it took. I'll roll three more. Oh, there we go. All right. A 20, 11, 16, and a 19. 20, 11, 16, and 19. Nice okay. rolling. Thank and you. First of all, a 20. Okay. So, <laughs> so the Brontosaurus didn't actually hit it dead on. Uh, instead, it sort of hit it at a slight angle so that when it slammed into it, the force of it sort of flipped it into the air slightly. And uh, it got, uh, so like the right side of it is like totally smashed down. The left is a little bit more stable, uh, which caused the whole vehicle to flip over uh, onto its top. <laughs> That's what that natural 20 is. So no, it's not going to be driving anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> ah, <shucks. laughs> uh, and it means that race, you sort of ended up uh, uh, off to the side. You were sort of flown uh, flung, I mean, off it while it was flipping in the air. Checks out. Uh, a 19 means that its axle is damaged. And then a 16 is <laughs> its uh, armor is shedding. So a bunch of armor chunks flew off of it. And then an 11, uh, there is blinding smoke pouring out of it. There you go. Pretty much all good things for a race at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that hey, was your turn. Get back on that platform and do it again, man. I'll be right back. We're bungee jumping. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was it for the uh, the surprise round. So we're going to the real initiative here. So, Jig, you're up first. And that's episode 71 of Rated RPG Descent into Avernus. One more jumbo podcast episode coming up next week, and then you'll be all caught up for our next live stream, which is scheduled for Saturday, March 19th at 5 p.m. Central U.S. time. Twitch.tv slash Game Society Pimps. We'd love it if you could join us because if you're curious about what we're going to do after Descent into Avernus, we have information for you about that plan. We're not done with Descent into Avernus yet, but what we have planned is going to require some advance effort on our part, and that effort is also going to include our Patreon supporters and our stream donators as well. So that's why we're planning ahead a little bit on this. Huge thanks to our Patreon supporters at the level 15 bard tier, Ardens Davros, Uglaset, a true goblin of culture, Cheesemaster007, GBS Trek, Holly Summers, and Random.Guy. And thank you to our rations and adventuring gear supporters. They are Alex Shermerhorn, Mongoose, Sean Henry, Tony LeBlanc, 
Aiden R., Bossa Nova Bill, Spidey Mouse, Danny Bell, Christian Go, Eric Soto, Freckled One, John Mangrum, Jedi, Elizabeth Parcells, Banana Fish, Cold Shots, Great White Spark, and Nick. Thank you all so much. And if you uh, share the Rated RPG live stream and podcast with people that you think might enjoy it, that would be great. Give it a good review if you can do that wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to it and follow us on Twitter at Rated RPG Podcast. On behalf of everyone around ye old gaming table, thank you for enjoying Rated RPG. And as always, fuck Putin.